Well, hey everyone, it's 2021 now, which of course means that the coronavirus is fixed and there's no more racial tension in the United States or anywhere else in the world. Uh, election has resulted in a political peace throughout our country. There are no more, there's going to be no more extreme weather or fires in California or anything like that. The murder hornets have all flown away. And that whole thing about the office leaving Netflix was just all a big hoax. Um, aren't you glad that's all true? Um, I'm sorry, but none of it is, right? Like the clock just, you know, turned over another day and here we are still here. Um, you know, within all that, the most quoted verse of scripture, uh, anywhere on social media, either on Instagram, Facebook, or, or Twitter, is that verse from the Old Testament, Jeremiah 29, 11 which whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years, you've seen that before. It says it's the promise of God uh, through the prophet Jeremiah to God's people in exile and captivity in Babylon. And, and that verse reads, for I know the plans I have for you, says, to the Lord, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And right now, more than any other time, we want to know, God, are those words true? Can I apply that tweet to my life 2021 right here, right now? Uh, because often when I'm kind of on hold in life, I'm in that holding pattern, I become frustrated and I become the worst kind of version of who I am. Uh, in fact, I've spent a bit of time literally on hold in the last few weeks. A little while ago, I was in a long conversation with uh, AT&T or Comcast or someone to do with my phone plan and it just seemed to take forever. I think I was on a phone conversation, uh, or multiple phone conversations with all the different people that they keep putting you through to for about six hours over the space of a few days. And the frustration was just unbearable of, of being on hold, hearing that music, telling my story again, being in this kind of Groundhog Day experience of life uh, with them. And I just become the worst version of myself. I did notice in the, in the New York Times the other day, this, this couple had boarded a plane. I think one of them may have been struggling with some mental illness. Um, so it's one of those kind of like funny but not funny situations because um, they boarded a plane and while the plane was taxiing out of the run, out on, on, along the runway, they forced open the cabin door, which resulted in the, the big inflatable yellow thing kind of going out. And then them and their dog slid out uh, anyway, the, like the headline was Delta Flight 462 was delayed for hours after a male passenger forced open a cabin door while the plane was taxiing. He and his companions slid their way out of the plane. Sometimes we just want to exit. And even if it means getting arrested in the terminal, we're like, I got to get myself out of here. And looking back on 2020, it's easy to say, just get us out of here. Get us to something better. Just, just change the zero to a one and everything gets fixed. And at the same time, we're hoping, God, does your promise, is your promise something we can depend on? Do you have, uh, is there a hope for us? Do you have plans to prosper us and not to harm us? Is there a hope and a future for your people? And so I guess now more than ever, we should try to understand uh, the context of a simple, uh, tweetable Bible verse that everybody uses as their quick moment of encouragement and take a 30,000 foot view and see, is God really willing to speak to us during uh, situations of exile like he was uh, the people of Israel during that time? 
And that's the situation they were in. They weren't in their homeland. They had been taken into captivity. About 20 to 25,000 of the Israelite people had been taken into captivity in Babylon, which is a few hundred miles <clears throat> east of their homeland. And, and Jeremiah's responsibility was partly to encourage them and strengthen them and let them know, listen, God's on your side. He's with you. But also to let them know this thing that you're in is going to take longer than you expected. And don't just believe. And he literally says this in Jeremiah 29. Don't just believe the false prophets that would want to let you know that there's, a, there's an exit door and you can get a yellow slide and you can get yourself out of here because there isn't. It might be taking longer than you think to get to your, to, to get to your hopes being fulfilled because they're in this, this period of extension. The worst part for the Israelites during that time was that they were cut off from the place that gave them the greatest sustenance. They were cut off from the temple. And the temple in Jewish culture, this was the town center of their lives. This was their downtown where, where community happened, relationships, face-to-face -face friendships, and uh, moms encouraging them one another with, with, with child rearing and, and probably dads trading and doing business at the time. And... And it was the place of worship for them. It was a place for spiritual and physical renewal. And we're like that right now, aren't we? We just, we feel cut off from the world. And the easiest thing to do is just to pull down the blinds on life and find the easiest remote control that we can just to binge watch next with Netflix with a bag of chips or whatever it is that you're, you're into just to keep us going until life gets back to normal. But I believe today God wants us to respond to his promise in a, in a real and healthy way that will hopefully encourage us as this year begins. We want to ask that question, don't we? Can God's promises be depended upon? In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, it says that for, all, uh, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They can be depended on. God talks in, uh, about his, that he has a will for us. He has a plan for us. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says that God has a good, pleasing, and above all, perfect will for us during our situation. And Jeremiah is reassuring these people, don't listen to the false prophets. Don't take an exit. Just, just hold on and use this symbolic freshness of God's word speaking as a time to continue and to continue to hope and to believe and dream that God is going to fulfill his plans in our lives. I love how Nicky Gumbel puts it when he talks about this passage of scripture. And he says that God's essentially saying to them and us to bloom where you're planted that your situation may not be what you want it to be, but to decide during that time, I am going to dig into my relationship with God with everything I've got. Dig into my, my Christian brothers and sisters, my fellowship, my community. Dig into my purpose on this, this world that God has called me to. And, and I'm going to, to live that out with all that I can. You see, God said the same thing to the people in Jeremiah's time. Jeremiah was encouraging them with God's, with hope, but he was also letting them know. It ain't over till it's over. And he says in verse 4 of Jeremiah 29, So this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those who I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Quick time out here. Notice that God carried his people from Jerusalem to Babylon. He wasn't 
absent. He wasn't just kind of like standing over watching it happen. Oh, look, there's my people going to Babylon. No, he carried them. It may have been them going into a dark place, but God was strengthening his people, even on the exit out of their great community to a place where they felt abandoned. God was carrying them. How many of you want to know today God's carrying you? Can I encourage you and let you know God has not abandoned you. He is carrying you. And he wants you to make the best of the situation that you're in. Let's read on. God says to the people in Jeremiah's time, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. I love this encouragement that, that he, he has for them to, you know, hey, keep, allow your kids to find partners, get married. Now for them, their period of exile, you can Google this, how long did the Israelite exile last? 70 years. A portion of the Israelites were in exile for 70 years. That's a long time. And we're all hoping that our present darkness doesn't like, you know, even like get anywhere close to that, of course. But he says, while you're in this, I want you to continue to believe. I want you to continue to have hope and have hope in a God that brings you your future. You know, he says, while you're there, even seek the peace and prosperity of the city that I've placed you in while you're in exile. <clears throat> what if we were to, in everything that we were to do, we were to seek the peace and prosperity of the city, of the situation, of the surroundings God's put us in. That uh, peace and prosperity is, is basically that, that Hebrew word shalom, which is just a famous Hebrew word, which is a, a blessing that, that uh, Jews would pray upon one another. And it, it's a beautiful word that can't really be translated with one single individual word, but peace and prosperity and flourishing and thriving. It's praying for that, that presence of Almighty God upon our lives. And as I reflect on that passage from Jeremiah 20, 29, 4 to 7, I think that God, that, that, that basically, I mean, at risk of quoting a journey song from the 80s, I think God's saying to us, don't stop believing. You know, don't stop fighting, don't stop working, keep loving people, keep building, stay disciplined, stay in relationships, stay in community, stay in church, stay connected here with, with other brothers and sisters, stay online or in person, whatever it means, stay in real relationships with other people who are going to spur you on towards life and good deeds in Christ. Don't stop believing, don't stop living, and above all, don't stop dreaming. Some of us have put our dreams and our hopes on hold and, and, and we've become lazy, we've become lethargic. Some of us, us, have, us have stopped serving, stopped being in community with one another. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 17 says, don't, don't be wishing that you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and love and obey and believe right there. Let me read that again. Live and love and obey and believe right there. That's 1 Corinthians 7, 17. In the situation that God has put you in, be the best 
person bloom where you are planted and let your relationship with God bloom where God has planted with you. Eugene Peterson, who translated the message, uh, paraphrase of the Bible, uh, said it this way in his, in his commentary on Jeremiah. He said, the only place where you have to be human is right where you are now. The only opportunity you'll ever have to live by faith is within the circumstances you're provided with this very day. This very house that you live in, this family you find yourself in, this job you've been given, and even in the weather conditions that prevail at this moment. And we've got to decide, am I going to serve and honor God in, on, on bad weather days? You know, when surroundings are difficult, when, when pandemics are continue, continuing, when things seem tough. Am I going to bloom where God has planted me and and see the hope and the future and the peace and the prosperity that God has promised even within an exilic situation? The big point is bloom in our relationship with God wherever he has put us. And I love, you know, we've, we've talked about pulling back from that one Facebook verse of Jeremiah 29, 11, pulling back to the broader context and seeing what Jeremiah said to the people before and after. He talked to them about, about blooming where they're planted, but then Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12 and 13 says this, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Imagine that in the midst of dark times, if we decide to hang on to the hope that is from our God and to bloom where we're planted, that we can call on God and pray to him and he will listen to us. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know, you don't need like a pool and palm trees and sunshine and a pina colada in order to seek God with all your heart. You can do it right here, right today. I've even been encouraging people recently. If you don't do a, a, a Bible reading plan, jump on the Bible in One Year plan. You can access it through its own app on the App Store, Bible in One Year, B-I-O-Y, or you can get to it through a U version as well if you have the Bible app already. You can start a Bible reading plan where you will decide, I'm gonna nourish myself with scripture daily. I'm going to, I may fail multiple times, but I'm going to know, and trust me, I'm, I'm number one on that. But like, I, I, want to, I want to nourish myself with God's word. And I've said this, uh, even in this last week, if you watched the video I produced earlier in the week, that I just said, a verse that comes to me at a time like this is Colossians 2, 6 and 7. And it says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, like in the same way that you received Christ with open arms into your lives, continue to live in him, live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And I believe God wants that for you at the beginning of this season. And I'm just asking you to, to, to put that verse into practice in, his life, in your life in the same way that you receive Christ. And, and there's just these, these phrase upon phrase just encouraging us to keep going, keep going, continue to live your life in him, be rooted, be built up in him, be strengthened in the faith as you were taught and be overflowing with thankfulness. Church, I want to say, get people around you. Don't live your life in isolation. I believe that God has drawn us together as a community, as Anthem Church, 
for a reason. Next week, I specifically want to talk about how we've been doing as a church in this last year and, and what we're looking forward to doing during the coming year as well. A bit of a, of a not just a do-over for our, of our walk with God today, but a do-over for our church. And God, what is it that you're wanting us to, to look towards as a community? And I want to encourage you, be strengthened in the faith by getting other believers around you. We want to make opportunities for that over these next few weeks as well for you. Because we believe that being together is, a, is something that is going to help us continue to put our hope, our trust and faith in a God who has great plans for us in the midst of our situation.